guy. And here we are with Mr. Phil Taylor himself. How are we doing, my friend? Congratulations on your fantastic contenders performance, man. That was unreal. Talk, uh, to, me, talk to me about it. What yeah. happened, like the whole event in itself, obviously, I've heard different people's opinions on the whole structure. Oh, so maybe. talk me through the, from your sort of point of view when it first got announced. Like, did you already have your fight booked on it when it was announced? Um, yeah, so Steve called me up one day and we were speaking about fighting. And originally, they were going to have a card in Peterborough on the 10th, I'm pretty sure. And then they were going to have one a week later. Steve called me up. He said, which one do you want to fight on? I said both. Um, I would have fought back to back, but my coaches didn't really think that was like a wise choice to do. So I ended up choosing the 17th. Um, and then obviously, it all got rearranged to the 14th and stuff. But now nah, um, it was good. Like me and Luke have had a bit of history as well. So Ooh, we were sparring on. once at Elite Gym. They were doing a League of Contenders kind of thing. So we just did one round and uh, I caught him with a good like, kind of like cork scrapper cut kind of thing. He went for a jab, parried it down, boof, hit him straight on the nose, popped his head back. Um, he wasn't really too happy about it. But I came in, I think I was 60 kilograms back then. That was a couple of years ago. And he walked into that 69 maybe. But obviously it was just like a little sparring kind of thing. Um, it wasn't anything too heavy. So, yeah, the kind, of, the kind of idea with me and Luke fighting got put into my head with one of his teammates, actually. Uh, they came up to me, and that was after he had his first fight. And obviously, he, he was coming off like a good first-round finish and that. And um, he was like quite the showman in the fight as well. So his mate came up to me and was like, oh, like, what do you think about fighting, like, fighting Luke? He's cutting down weight and stuff. Like, he might be coming down to your weight if you want to scrap. I was like, look, honestly, a fight's a fight. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, like, all amateur is about is about getting experience in there. So I was like, cool, I'll fight Luke. Um, and yeah, it, it, that was kind of it, really. Steve called me up and I was like, yeah, Luke's available. But the weight was kind of an issue. Now, there's a lot in that. So let's break down bit by bit. So let's go to, you spar with him beforehand, then it got announced. So how did yeah. you approach the fight from there onwards then? Because obviously you've got a an experience you've had some sort of impression from how you sparred at that point obviously you're a lot lighter at that point and then you sort of you know sort of filled out a bit more how did you, did you try and take him as a complete fresh sort of slate did you try and treat him as you remembered him then how did you try and treat that sort of that sort of visualizing side of it all um so i didn't really like mind how he came into the fight i was more focused on myself because mm. at the moment it's just about growth for me it's not about preparing for a specific individual it's just about me like improving like for our training camp and and just learning how to go about feeling how good I feel like different weights like obviously this one was at 64 so it was a bit different um but now I just watched his previous fight I saw that he was liking the low kicks a lot um and so we pretty much put in the adjustments to to counter that now weight in itself is an interesting one because a lot of um Strange weight divisions because a few of my friends thought 74 and you were 64. Then what was this about? Then is this like a COVID yeah. sort of catch weight or what's this? A uh, COVID catch weight. Now, um, I don't know. Well, I originally said that I wanted to fight a 61 because hmm. that's kind of like I've fought a 57 and 61 before. Uh, 61's bantam weight, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And after that, now I know that I feel more comfortable at bantam weight. But um, Luke didn't want to fight a 61 he wanted to fight a 63 
And so I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. I don't mind. 63 is fine. I just have to gain a little bit of weight. Then Steve comes back to me a couple of days later. I think I was in Portugal at the time, actually, um, saying that like, Luke doesn't want to fight at 63 anymore. He wants to fight at 64. Obviously, that's one kilogram difference, but coming up from 61 to 64 is quite, mm-hmm. like, quite the step. You know, it's, it's pretty much nearly featherweight. Um, so it's going up another whole weight class. I, I can fight at 57, so even 57 to 64, that, that's pretty big. Um, but I was like, yeah, fight's a fight. I've sparred Luke before. I kind of know how, like, I kind of got that feeling for him. So, now nah, weight, weight shouldn't really be an issue unless you're fighting someone, like, over 70 kilograms, like. Well, this is where I'd sort of disagree with that because I feel that with the smaller weight divisions, the kilos in between are a higher percentage. So, whereas if you're going from 70 to 72, that's a much smaller gap than it is from, say, 60 to 62. Despite only being the two kilos, the percentage of what you are, that size difference sort of adds up quite a lot. So the fact you went up that extra weight on top of that is even more sort of credible. So with that then, how much do you cut then anyway? How old are you now? 18. 18. Because cutting 18 is quite tricky. We're about metabolism and the rest of it as well. Like, how are you finding losing the weight in itself? Are you doing, like, a quite yeah. big cut in the first place? Are you, like, waterloading what are you doing? Honestly, I'm, right now, I'm walking about 62, 63 kilograms. On the mm-hmm. day of the fight, I walked in at 63. Let's say I had to, like, with, with the fight at 64, I could wake up on the day, have a little glass of water, have, like, a banana or something, and still weigh in. So the weight wasn't really an issue. I kind of had to gain weight for that fight. Um, but all I'm thinking is if that head kick like connected with that 57 kilogram guy I feel like that could have been lights out now this is where it gets interesting so with that weight cut then would you have the same kind of power and same kind of drive because when you get down to 57 there normally or 61 like what is your normal camp looking like regards like working around diet wise are you always trying to get the miles in trying to get the weight down or is it sort of it comes off naturally as you're doing what you're doing anyway um I lose weight quite quickly, so it's not necessarily a fact of like I have to go out running all the time. Like for for this one, I could just eat whatever the fuck I wanted. To be honest, like I could I could wake up, I could have a waffle in the morning, I could enjoy myself in a way. So I was still like, I, I was still going out and eating stuff with my mates and and whatever, and just enjoying like being a teenager in a way. But if I was fighting at fifty seven, it would be a different story. I'd have to watch what I'm eating and and whatever. Sixty one's not too much of an issue just because it's, it's probably like one or two kilograms I can lose that through training, through sweating. Um, yeah, 61 is not too difficult. Okay, that's not too bad then, because my sort of main question with that would have been, like, regards to your focus and the strength side of it, because, again, if you're cutting quite a lot, the sort of strength seems to deplete as well, because as a result of the rest of, like, the inner deficit and the rest mm. of it. So with your training then, like, to sort of go for these sort of shots with that kind of venom, are you sparring quite hard? Is it just a lot of, you switch on the day? How did you find that transition from sparring to, like, fight day? So, to be fair, I didn't really spar, like, too much um, on the lead-up to this. Um, obviously, Jack Purdy came in into mm. my fight camp, and he was training at my gym. So I was sparring with him, uh, Sid Tyler, who was fighting, and Chris as well. Um but we weren't like doing like a lot of rounds on rounds on rounds. It was more like technical and with, with any sparring, I, I don't really think going hard is the way to go. I feel like going light sparring and technical and like working and learning is 
is beneficial because it like you can improve not just like the physical side like your body as well like your mind um and you're not getting hurt either if, if you're aspiring technically uh but with with the switch on to the data fight on it like you, you i don't know when you're in the octagon then it's, it's like kill or be killed you have to you have to be switched on then but in the gym it's more like it's more relaxed, more laid back, more just like technical improving and just seeing where we need to improve. Well, this is it as well. And I think it's um, John Kavanagh's thing. What is it? B- building the um, software whilst maintaining the hardware kind of thing about sort of sparring light and technical and exactly. try not to like take too much damage. And this is where that transition, the reason I'm asking mm. that kind of question is because when you're used to sparring quite light and then playing around with that kind of thing, is then when that stress comes in because this is where the real test of the mm-hmm. I don't know what really sticks when you put a bit of um pressure underneath it and with your sparring with um Jack then because obviously he had his boxing belt and his background's primarily kickboxing and yours is MMA so how specific yeah. was your camp to MMA mm-hmm. then or was it just a general striking and fitness sort of camp um so with the gym that I'm at we have Muay Thai classes every Monday Wednesday Friday and boxing Tuesday and Thursday so I was doing that. I was doing Muay Thai or boxing. And then in the morning, I'd go and do rolling with like Chris and, and my jiu-jitsu coach, Sean. So it would kind of be like bits and bobs in a way. Um, and then occasionally, like, I don't know, one day me and Chris would do an MMA spa trying to like combine it all together. But it was mainly just like uh, Muay Thai or, or boxing or kickboxing or jiu-jitsu. And then but we kind of have to bring it together or I had to bring it together myself in a way. So this is where it gets quite interesting because you get a few sort of varying kind of like, I just want to say philosophy is a bit of a big term, sort of ideas on the whole situation. Like, so you get Will Curry, the sort of professional, he says very like promptly, like trains very individual martial arts, whereas you get people who only train MMA as a whole. So there's kind of, there's no definitive right or wrong. But how did you find that sort of transition with MMA then? Because obviously if you're used to striking under certain stances, like when you're doing your like strict discipline of boxing or Muay Thai, are you adapting to their stances and their styles? Or are you trying to keep a consistent MMA theme throughout all of it? Um, it depends. It depends on the day. Uh, depends who I'm sparring as well. Sometimes it is like, it is good to switch up the styles. Like, it's good to have the fundamental boxing style and then the fundamental Muay Thai style and work on in boxing, keeping that closed guard. But in MMA, obviously it's more rangy. Um, I'll just mix around with everything. Just try to play around with boxing, Muay Thai and uh, spinning shit and just everything. Just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I like the, everything, all the martial arts and jujitsu and wrestling. And, and obviously MMA is all about combining it. So if you can be good in one aspect, then you can put that translation into MMA, if that makes sense. Definitely. And with um, your camp there, so how specific, obviously you're saying about your personal improvements over game planning as such. But again, are you trying to get yeah. some sort of game plan as a whole, what you're going to imply regardless of who it is, regardless of things you're going to aim to work on, or is it a case of getting there and just go with the flow? What's your preparation from that point of view? Um, what on a day to fight yeah, the actual fight itself, so like in the sense of, okay, you're not going to go for game plan around a certain person, but you've got your own sort of preference of things you're going to do. Is that a case of you've got in your head, okay, I'm going to get in there, we're going to land this, that, and the other, or is it a case of feel it out and see where it goes? What's your... No, nah, not really. 
I think I think everyone knows that I like the striking element. Like you can see that from my past that like, three fights. Um, I do like striking, and I feel like my mind is more like like picky about the striking. I I can pick things out better and like like see the different movements and stuff better with striking rather than jujitsu. Um, but I, I I work hard with my jujitsu as well. And if it like if the fight goes to the floor, it goes to the floor. Like if if it's standing, it's standing. Um, on the day of the fight, I don't really care. It, when I'm in there and I'm fighting, that's what I love. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that. Wherever it goes, it goes. If it goes against the cage, then that's fine by me. I mean, this is it as well. In regards of um, your camp at the minute, then. So now you've had this fight there. What is your preference from here onwards? Are you trying to find a fight straight away? Are you trying to prioritize any certain areas of your game? What's your? I don't know. Well, for now. Well, um. I got offered a fight on the Saturday. Not so the contenders event was the tenth, right? Mm-hmm. The Friday, 14th. Friday the tenth. I'm pretty sure. So not the eleventh. The week after, I got offered a fight. Uh, <laughs> that was for a promotion up north. What Celtic Gladiator? I think he was at like seven and one or something like that. Um, I'm not too almighty. Maybe almighty. I'm I thought almighty. Mm, been interesting. Yeah, I think it was that you, um, one. And um, you were offered. Yeah, uh, so this guy messaged me, asked uh, asked for my coach's details. Obviously, I asked my coach first, and and then yeah, the guy called uh, my coach up saying, "Oh, we've got a fight for him if he wants to fight." I busted up my thumb after, so it's it's still a little bit sore. I'm pretty sure I dislocated it. It was blown up. It was like a balloon, a balloon like a golf ball coming out of my thumb. Um, I said to my coach, "I was, I'll take it. It's a fight. Like you don't really need a thumb to fight, but." he wouldn't let me essentially so but I'd, i mean when i've um i've asked nick and steve when they're doing their next event i'm eager to get back in there do you know what i mean i didn't take any damage from that one uh i took a couple of leg kicks and had a busted up thumb but that was about it so i'm ready to go uh, go again whenever that thumb is the real sort of key point in this um, <laughs> yeah. so all the extra parents listen I'll go for yeah, that thumb well, shot well, you know the um, set of the thumb combinations that's a different combination. it's such a little thing as well but my trains had to like revolve around it like I can't really do a lot of punching I can't fully get my glove on like I've had to do kicks knees but I'm still turning up I can't grapple because I can't grab anything but it's, it's fine I wouldn't take that point, yeah, yeah. now regards of your life outside of training then so talk me through what COVID did with you so were you like training from the word go then when everything got announced or were you just trying to like switch off what was your time away from the gym like um so I was keeping fit like throughout hmm. the whole lot I'd wake up and I'd do some stretching and I've got a punch bag at home so I'd, I'd try keep fit do rounds on the bag um and and just and just keep doing that, keep up my fitness level. So when I do go back, I'm not going to have to then have that delay period of getting fit. I'm already fit, and then I can just start improving. Um, so lo- lockdown's actually been good for me. I know I know a lot of people have hated it and and been stressing about it, but I've I've enjoyed it. Like it's it's good to have some time for myself. I've been able to find a lot out about myself and about my training and research, fighting and ways to improve in training. Um, so yeah, lockdown has been good for me. And as soon as the fight got announced, I was just going even harder. I was running further, running quicker, doing more rounds on the bag. And then eventually 
when when the gyms opened up and that doing some pad work with my coaches and and hitting the bags and that there so you said a few interesting things there so learning about yourself and your training and everything else what kind of things did you take in from this sort of time off then what not revolutions a bit dramatic but what kind um, of like things have you sort of well, i spotted what's that sorry so what, like so not the sort of big dramatic life-changing revolutions but what sort of things have you realized from this time period then you said about how you've i don't know yeah. about you learn about yourself about your training in general what kind of things have you i don't know how to like a light bulb moment on um pretty much everything a lot of things because i fought on contenders 27 against some irish kid um it didn't go my way that went the whole three rounds but it was under the imath rules um oh is this the um everything kind of far as place, like, nicely um from that i realized throughout lockdown about my preparation for that fight it was completely wrong uh, I'd be going out with my mates um, like a week before, a couple of weeks before, just doing stupid shit, really. Um, and I realised I can't do that. I can't come into there half-hearted because if that was a full amateur fight or even a pro fight or or whatever, I would have got fucked up. Like my preparation wasn't wasn't right. And now I've realised what I need to do, how I need to do it, and it's all about execution now. So that's what I'm doing. I've come up with a plan. I've come up with a routine every day. And, and it's just about fulfilling that routine now. Now, with all that being said, then, being 18, obviously, you know, you're getting your wins and everything else. How are you finding keeping that sort of level of discipline and, like, consistency? Because, again, being an 18-year-old with, like, mates and this, that, and the other, you can't always, you know, can't always have your broccoli and your, your chicken and that. You've got to also go out and yeah. see your mates and stuff. How do you find that balance when it comes to fight camps and the whole life outside of the gym? Um, so it's like I love I love fighting and it's not just the fighting, it's the whole aspect of it, the fight camp, the training, the obviously now doing interviews and, and podcasts and that kind of stuff. Like I love all of that. So it's not a, it's not an issue for me. So the diet, I don't mind it. The the not going out, I don't mind it. I like I kind of I do like my own company as well. So I like just sitting here and, and like reflecting on on what I'm doing. Don't don't get it twisted. Like, I love going out and getting turned up and having a couple of drinks with my mates and that and enjoying myself. But it's not sustainable to be able to do that all the time, every week. College, I don't have time to work, train and do college work as well. So for me, I have to drop one of them and it's work. So I don't have the money to to keep going out every weekend and do all of that. I'm investing in myself, I see it, by not going out, by training day in, day out, turning up at the gym while everyone else is partying and that. I'm at the gym, I'm working. So I'm investing in my future. And that's a really important sort of view to have as well. Because again, the sort of temptation, especially sort of the younger sort of MMA fighters, they see the, the short term. They see, okay, my mates are going out, I'm going to miss out. Oh, I don't want to train. I've been training all week. Like, it's not really about that. And if you go out the one night, it's not the things that make the world a difference, but it's more the principle, the fact you've invested to then for this fight. And then the, I don't know, the repercussions if you don't. And it's not so much getting hurt could happen in a fight you win, in a fight you prepare for. It's more a case of underperforming and undervaluing what you are. And again, it's good that you've identified how you have to be either all in or all out. 
And mm-hmm. if you're going to be a hobbyist, you even, can do what you want. Even at an amateur level. Pardon? Even at an amateur level, you have to be all in. It's not something that you can do half-heartedly, like, like play football on the weekend. You can't go and have a point and, and a fag before you step on the pitch and play Sunday league. With, with fighting, you have to be all in. If it's boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, even jiu-jitsu competitions, you have to be, you have to be focused, you have to be dedicated, and, and, and that's just that. You're going to have a fag on the walkout to your fight as well as the ring. You get there, <laughs> chuck it out, get your own Vaseline on, crack on. But yeah, it's one of those things, 100%, where yeah. you have to have that con- yeah. got a consistent discipline. And this is what people don't really appreciate because yeah. they sort of see, okay, you train, you have your fight, and see you later. No, you've got to train as well outside of that. You, have your, you don't have an off-season. You have your fights and you have your camps and you have your training in general. And there's a whole... I mean, even that kind of distinction doesn't really make a lot of sense because you're still training anyway. And it's a whole lifestyle in itself and sort yeah. of... I don't know. It sort of engenders the whole sort of lifestyle in a way it sort of builds oh. up. Now with... But with that, the with training aspect, when, when I'm just training, like if I don't have a fight lined up, then I will go out. I will enjoy myself because if not, you're just going to resent what you're doing. As long as I'm in the gym, Monday to Friday, Saturday morning, then I can do whatever I want. Saturday night after training, I can go out Friday night. It's just about turning up and getting the hours in, getting the rounds in and stuff. So I finish training at what, 9.30 or 9, 9 o'clock on a on a Friday, I can go out after. I can go see my mates. I don't have to be out, like from let's say seven o'clock. I, I can just go out after and see them. So it is, it is about just turning up at the gym. And, I mean, and this is a there. huge thing in itself, anyway. That sort of balance and moderation as a whole, because like you said there perfectly, mm-hmm. that if you don't go out even on your off seasons, self season, just for sake of out of fight camp, then you'll just burn out. You'll be too completely fried. Yes, it's. <laughs> the kind of, I don't know, the excessive sort of mindset you hear on social media, oh, I'm always training. Yeah, but at some point you indulge in something and then it's moderation. You haven't got to go on a massive Coke binge. You know, you can have a couple of drinks with your mates in the pub and then you <laughs> no. go to the train another day. You haven't got to go on a fucking mad one. You can moderate things and enjoy the whole process. Because no. that's half the thing. Like, not being funny, no one gets paid enough to do this for fun, especially amateur. You've got to do it because you like it. Like, no one's paying you to go to the gym yeah, and cut definitely. weight and fight in like an open-air event in Norwich. No, you do it because you want to do it. <laughs> but they will, they will be when you're top UFC level. Then they'll be paying you enough to do that. But this is kind of it. When you get to that point, then you've got that sort of extra stimulus. But again, whilst it's here, you've got to enjoy it as well. I mean, you've got to embrace the ground. I mean, the whole process, like, Mm-hmm. even if you're tired you're knackered you're sore you still love it like you don't have resent for you like oh it's annoying but yeah this is what, I'm in the right place yeah. you feel you like fitting the right puzzle now my friend most important question of the podcast where can people it, it find goes, you goes, on your social media yeah where do they find me on your social media what's your um, handles yeah so my Instagram is at philtaylor.mma uh, you can add my Snapchat philtaylor02 and I don't have Twitter. My Facebook's just Phil Taylor. Cool links. Though, but yeah, if, if if you want if you want to sponsor me, I know I know Fight Fuel sponsors uh, this podcast, don't they? So Fight yeah. Fuel, if you want to sponsor me uh, for my next fight, DM me on Insta. <laughs> and that is a point, guys. Fight Fuel sponsor a lot of people, including this podcast. They make sure to support a lot of people. So please support them with likes, follows, anything like that. Even if you can't afford their products, even despite them being very reasonably priced, make sure you support them and more and more for the exact same reasons. They're brands for the community. 